Okay, let's continue with our lesson. Ayah number 41. Alam tara, do you not see anna allaha, that indeed Allah, yusabbihu lahu, He does His tasbih. He exalts Him. He praises Him. Who exalts Him? Man fis-samawati wal-ard. Whoever that is in the skies and the earth. Anything, anyone that is up in the sky, that is in the earth, whether on the surface or deep within the earth, every creature, what is it doing? It is doing tasbih of Allah. How? Either through lisanul qal or through the lisanul hal. What is lisanul qal? The tongue of words. The language of words. Alright? Through words. So for example, human beings. We say subhanallah, subhanallah wa bihamdihi. The angels also. What did they say? وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ Right? The angels also do tasbih of Allah with words. And then there are some other creatures that do tasbih of Allah. How? Not with words, but through their state. And how? Because tasbih is basically declaring Allah's perfection. So every creation, when it's fulfilling its purpose, when it's doing what it's meant to do, what is it declaring? The perfection of the Creator. Like for example, when you see a flower, when you see the bud open, and you see the bright radiant colors, and you see the beauty inside it also, the beauty outside, the beauty inside. You know, the stamens, the pollen, everything, the nectar within, and the fragrance, the bright colors, and the bees coming. I mean, all of that, what is it declaring? What is it declaring? How perfect is the one who made it? How amazing is the one who created this? I mean, every spring, what do you see coming out of the earth? Plants, right? Fresh. And especially what really amazes me are tulips. The bulbs, tulips. Because there's no sign of them on the surface of the earth, right? Sometimes even when you fix the soil, you don't feel any bulbs. You don't see them, right? You don't feel them. But then what happens? After a couple of days, you see things coming out of the ground and you wonder what it is. And then once it opens up, you see red and pink and orange and yellow and white and so many beautiful colors. What is it declaring? Each creation, what is it declaring? How perfect is the one who made me? فَتَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنَ الْخَالِقِينَ The best of creators. So every creature is declaring the perfection of Allah, either through the language of words or through its existence, its actions, its form, its appearance, its surrender to Allah's plan. يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ Those that are in the sky, who are they? Angels, for sure. Other makhluq. وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّهُ Right? There's creation of Allah that we don't even know about, but they're glorifying Allah. وَالْأَرْضِ Who's in the earth? Living creatures, non-living creatures, human beings. In the Qur'an, Allah says, تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ سَبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنْ the skies and the earth, even they glorify Allah. And also whatever is within them, they glorify Allah. وَإِمَّنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا bihamdi. There is nothing except that it praises and glorifies its Lord. 
وَالطَّيْرُ صَافَّاتِ And the birds are صَافَّاتِ صَافَّاتِ Plural of صَافَّة And what does it mean? Those that are in a row. Alright? Those that are in a row. And you see birds flying like that, sometimes in a V form. Right? They fly it in straight rows. And also صَافَّاتِ For birds indicates those that have outstretched or spread out their wings. And what does that indicate? Birds during flight. Right? When they're flying. Now if you notice over here, birds are mentioned separately. Why? Because there are those creatures which are in the skies, meaning beyond the samat that we see. And then there's creatures on the earth. And then there's some creation that is between the sky and the earth. And what are those? Like birds. When they're flying. During flight. وَالطَّيْرُ صَافَّاتِ So birds during flight in perfect rows lined up with their wings outspread. كُلٌ Each of them. Every creature. قَدْ عَلِمَ It has known. Each creature knows. صَلَاتَهُ Its prayer. وَتَسْبِيحَهُ And its tasbih. Each creature knows how to pray to Allah. And each creature knows how it is supposed to do tasbih of Allah. How it is supposed to glorify Allah. How does each creature know? How? Allah taught them. Like for example, birds. They migrate, right? From one place to the other. All the time birds are migrating. Then who tells them that this is where you go? Or this is when you go. Or this is the direction that you go into. And this is how frequently you have to go. Who tells them? Who has guided them? Allah has. So each creature, Allah has taught it its salat, its prayer, its method of worship, and also how it is supposed to glorify Allah. Now what is that method? We don't know. But whatever every creature is doing, Naturally, whatever it is doing, who gave it that intuition? Who gave it that purpose, that ability, that direction? Who put that within that creation? Its creator. Now if you think about it, if Allah has taught birds what to eat, what not to eat. Hmm? If Allah has taught cats what to eat, what not to eat. You know, for example, a cat, you give it grass. You give it some nice you know, kale or something. Will it eat it? It won't eat it. Even if you try to force feed it, it's not going to eat it. Why? It's not meant to eat it. It's not programmed to eat it. Allah did not put it in that creature to eat that food. So even if you give it a lot of it, it won't eat it. Right? So Allah has taught every creature what it's supposed to do. Then what about man? Has Allah not taught the human being what his purpose is? What light is? What direction he's supposed to go to? How he's meant to live his life? What is his salat? And what is his tasbih? Would Allah not teach man? Allah would definitely teach man. كُلٌّ قَدْ عَلِمَ صَلَاتَهُ وَتَسْبِيحَهُ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا يَفْعَلُونَ And Allah is knowing of whatever they do. What do we see in this ayah? That Allah has guided every creature. Allah has created every creature and He is the one who has guided and taught every creature also. And what does this further elaborate? That Allah is the Nur al-Samawati wal-Ard. Right? He is the light, the guide of the skies and the earth. Now we see that 
The creation that surrenders to Allah's plan. The creation that surrenders to Allah's orders. That follow the light that Allah has shown them. Then what happens to that creation? They're successful. Right? Like for example, birds. They're meant to migrate, right? Aren't they? They're supposed to migrate. So if birds do not migrate, then what will happen? What will happen? They'll die. They can't survive in the cold. Right? They'll run out of food. They won't find any food. When the ground is covered in snow and ice, where will they find worms? Where will they find berries? When the trees are all finished, where will they? They won't find it. So in order to continue to live, what do they have to do? Follow Allah's plan. Allah has taught them what that plan is. For us also, Allah has taught us what we're supposed to do. If we follow that, we are safe, we will succeed. And if we do not, then we are only going to ruin ourselves. We are only going to harm ourselves. You know, bird migration is something that amazes me. I cannot understand how little birds like hummingbirds, how can they fly so much? How? And how do they make their way? How do they figure out where they're supposed to go? And every year they come back, how? How do they know the way? I mean, we have the GPS and roadmaps and God knows what, and we still get lost. We have phones, we still get lost. But these birds, who has taught them? Allah has taught them. كُلٌّ قَدْ عَلِمَ صَلَاتَهُ وَتَسْبِيحَهُ And the plan that Allah has made for every creature, it's the best plan. So for example, for us, Allah has ordered us to cover our zina. Right? Muslim women, Allah has ordered us that we must not display our beauty. Whether it is the beauty of the chest, or it is the beauty of the hair, or it is the beauty of the clothes that we wear, we have to cover it with a hijab, with a shawl, or with a jacket, or with an abaya, or something. Cover the beauty that Allah has given you. Cover it, don't display it. Now if we do that, when we follow Allah's orders, who are we benefiting? Ourselves. And when we don't follow the orders of Allah, then who are we harming? Ourselves. It seems as though we're going to have fun. Just like a bird that's flying around in winter, yeah, yeah, I didn't go. Now what's going to happen when the ice storm comes? You'll see it dead outside. And that's exactly what happens with us. We rejoice when we disobey Allah. Little do we know that we have just destroyed ourselves. We are harming ourselves. وَلِلَّهِ And for Allah, meaning to Allah belongs. مُلْكُ samawati, The dominion of the skies. وَالْأَرْضِ and the earth. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ And to Allah is the destination. Whether we follow Allah's light or we don't follow it, ultimately, we belong to Him. Ultimately, we have to go back to Him. Where can we run to? Where can we hide? We belong to Him. We're His creatures. We're His servants. So our success lies in obeying Allah, following His commandments. Now when it comes to bird migration, just some interesting facts. There's at least 4,000 species of birds that regularly migrate. 4,000 species of birds. And you know what that means? 40% of the total number of birds in the whole world. So 40% of all birds, what do they do? They migrate. And the scientists say that this number will probably grow within a few years when we realize that more and more birds migrate.
I mean, this is just what we think. This is just what we have observed. But it's quite possible that there are more birds that migrate. And these facts have been taken from Audubon. Birds, they can reach great heights as they migrate. It is said that the bird with the record for the highest altitude ever is the Ripple's Griffon vulture, which collided with a plane at 37,000 feet. Can you imagine? It got sucked in the engine basically. Poor bird. But it was, imagine flying that high, 37,000 feet. It is said that the Arctic tern, it's a little bird, Arctic tern, it can fly more than 49,700 miles in a year. In one year, 49,700 miles, making a round trip between their breeding grounds in the Arctic and the Antarctic where they spend their winters. I Arctic and Antarctic go both places. And over its lifespan of more than 30 years, these flights add up to the equivalent of three trips to the moon and back. Just imagine. Three trips to the moon and back. This is how much they travel in their whole lives. And this is what a tiny bird, what is it doing? Following what Allah has taught it. Yes, it seems hard, it seems tough. But hey, this life is tough. It is difficult. In order to survive, you have to go through difficulty. If the bird doesn't go through this difficulty, it will go extinct, it will finish. It cannot survive, it's tiny. Likewise, if we want to survive in this world, in the akhirah, we want to make it to Jannah, then we have to follow the law of Allah. Even if it means leaving one thing, and then leaving another, and then leaving another, and then leaving another. Constant struggle, constant struggle. But this is what life is. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ So I came out here with a friend of mine today to watch migrating birds moving north from their winter grounds. And it turns out that some of these birds out here have moved for thousands of miles. And they do this every year. So it makes you wonder a little bit though, how can they do this? And how can they come back to the same location every year? Well, it turns out that there's a lot of physics involved in this. The distances these animals cover twice a year are pretty mind-blowing. So it makes sense that they have evolved many adaptations to help them in these migrations. Let's take a look at a couple of these. Let's start with why some birds fly in a V formation. To understand why they do this, we should first look at how a wing works. A wing generates lift because there's a pressure difference between the upper side and the underside of the wing. But at the tip of the wing, the higher pressure region on the underside kind of curls around to the lower pressure region of the upper side. And this creates kind of like a spiral called a wingtip vortex. And as it spirals around, it actually pushes down on the force of the lift. So it's kind of like a negative force in the sense of flight. And it's called a downwash. This is when the V formation is really beneficial. You see, just outside of the wingtip, the vortex also generates an upwash. So a bird following behind and just outside of the flight path of another bird can use that upwash to get free lift. And this makes a huge difference in energy consumption during long distance migrations. So pretty sweet, unless you are at the points of the V. Next, how they navigate. So we use a compass in order to know where we're heading, but for birds, that compass is kind of built into their cells. And if that sounds complicated, it actually gets worse. 
Experiments done on the European robin show that these birds orient themselves only on the specific colors of light and that certain radio wavelengths can totally mess up their sense of direction. And this is not how a regular compass works. Scientists believe that the birds use some kind of quantum mechanics in order to orient themselves. And this is really advanced stuff. To put it in simple terms, they think that the birds' eyes work similar to the digital display that pilots have, giving the birds the ability to see Earth's magnetic field. I know, totally crazy. And I apologize if I really confused you, but I just think this is awesome. And last, eating during the migration. Energy consumption. I'm taking the ruby-throated hummingbird as an example here. This guy has the Gulf of Mexico in his migrational path. This trip takes close to 22 hours. This is crazy for a little bird like that. So hummingbirds are small and they have a huge energy consumption because of the way they fly. And now they have to stock up on 25 to 40% body fat before they do the crossing. That's a lot of extra weight to carry for a little guy like that and then have to fly for another 22 hours. So that's it, some interesting facts around physics of migration. What I think is very interesting is that they navigate through what? Light. Allahu nuru samawati wal The birds need light in order to migrate. And we also need light in order to navigate through this life, the light that Allah has given. Alam tara, do you not see anna Allah, that indeed Allah yuzji sahaban? He drives the clouds. Yuzji, from the root letters, zai jim wow. The word is ja, is ja, is to urge on something, to press on something gently from behind. Why? So it keeps moving. Have you ever given a push to a child on a bike? Huh? as they're learning how to ride a bike or even a tricycle, then what happens? Every now and then you have to gently push it. Gently. This is isja. Alright? To drive basically, to propel, to drive smoothly. Birifq wa yusr. Alright? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He drives the clouds. How? He makes them move forward, go forward. How? Gently. Right, from behind. Meaning he sends something from behind that causes the wind to blow, that causes the clouds to move. Have you ever heard that, that a butterfly in Japan, you know, its wings can cause a storm somewhere else in the world? Have you ever heard that? Because you see all these movements that are going on, even like a child running or, you know, when we move, when there's pressure, when there's energy, it doesn't just stop there, right? Every action causes a... Reaction, which causes another reaction, which causes another reaction. And this just, you know, keeps going on and on and on. So even wind as it blows, the clouds as they move, there's something that came from behind and many times something very gentle. Who sent that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He drives the clouds. Summa then, yu'allifu. He brings together, he joins them together. Yu'allifu, allafa yu'allifu ta'lif. Ulfa is love. Alf, a thousand, alright? And Allah fabayna qulubikum, He joined your hearts, put them together, right? So, yu'allifu baynahu, meaning He joins them together, He brings them together. So, small cloudlets, alright? Or clouds scattered in the horizon. 
then what happens? They travel, travel for thousands of miles sometimes until eventually they reach a point where they all, you know, they join together. You alifu baynahu. And sometimes the clouds they keep growing, growing, growing until thumma yajaluhu. He makes it into rukaman. Rukam from the root letters ra kaf mim and rukam you can understand this to be like a mass. Basically, rukam is a heap, a pile of something in layers. So you're talking about a vertical accumulation of something. All right. So basically, rukam means that one on top of the other. And many times clouds are like that. They're tall clouds. They're not just wide, but they are tall. ثُمَّ يَجْعَلُهُ رُكَامًا And then when it's the right time, فَتَرَى Then you see الْوَدْقَ The rain. يَخْرُجُ It comes out مِنْ خِلَالِهِ From between it. Meaning from the cloud, the rain falls down. وَدْق From the root letters وَوْدَ الْقَافِ وَدْق is used for rain. General word for rain, violent or gentle. But sometimes the word وَدْق is used for violent rain. Meaning like a heavy downpour. But it can also be used in the other way. So over here, since the context is of a cloud that is huge, that is tall, what kind of rain do you think will fall from it? Heavy rain. So you see the rain falling down from it, min khilali, from the cloud. Now, do you see any holes in the cloud? Is there a sieve or something? I mean, where is the water coming out from? How does it fall down in drops? Min khilali. How? It's amazing. وَيُنَزِّلُ And he sends down. Now this is one thing that is mentioned over here. How clouds form, and how when they come together, then rain falls. Now another thing that is mentioned here is that he sends down مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky. From the sky, Allah sends down. From exactly what in the sky? مِنْ جِبَالٍ فِيهَا From the mountains that are in the sky. Are there mountains in the sky? What does it mean by this? Mountains that are in the sky. It's referring to super huge, 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 dense, thick, dark clouds that look like mountains in the sky. So not ordinary small clouds, but what kind of clouds that literally appear to be like? Mountains, huge, solid. They appear to be solid. And what comes from them? Allah sends down from them, مِن barad. barad. What is barad? Hailstones. And hail doesn't fall down from light, fluffy, soft kind of clouds. Right? It falls from what kind of clouds? What are they called? It's not written in your Jews. You should know it. I'm sure you went to school and you studied some form of science. What kind of clouds make hail? You're close. All the clouds that sound the same, right? Cumulonimbus. Right? So, anyway. Then the hail, and hail is amazing also. Recently, alhamdulillah, we saw some hail. Uh, We saw a small, small hail. But hail, what is it basically? It's water droplets that are in the cloud, and because of the, you know, extremely cold temperatures, what happens? The water droplets, you know, with that energy, they're moved back and forth, up and down in the cloud, You know, it appears to be just a cloud, one white fluffy thing. But what's going on inside it? And what happens with those water droplets at layers of ice form? Right? The longer they stay in the cloud, the more they move around, the more layers of ice will accumulate on them. 
Hmm? And then what happens eventually? When the time is right, they fall. Some hailstones, they're tiny. And some hailstones are huge. And some hailstones are really huge. Really big. This is why Allah says, فَيُصِيبُ Then He strikes bihi with it. With what? With that hailstone, mayasha, whomever He wills. وَيَصْرِفُهُ And He turns it away, عَن from whoever mayasha, whoever He wills. Meaning every hailstone that falls, it doesn't fall at random. It falls according to a plan that has been set for it. If it strikes someone, or it misses someone, that is what it was meant to be. فَيُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَصْرِفُهُ عَمَّنْ What do we learn from this? That not even a snowflake, a drop of water, or a hail falls, except that it reaches its destination that Allah had decreed for it. Because He is the Nur al-Samawati wal-Ard, the from the beginning to the end. Guide of every creature from the beginning of its existence to the end, the very outcome, the very end, final point of that creation. He is the guide. He is the ultimate guide. Yakadu. It is near, meaning it would almost. Sana, flash, meaning the flash would almost. The flash of what? Barqihi, of its lightning. Meaning such a cloud that's throwing down hailstones, of course, it's a storm cloud, right? So in that storm cloud, you will also see lightning. Now the barq, the lightning, it has sound, the thunder. But with the thunder is also something else. And what is that? The flash of lightning. So the flash of lightning, that is sana. Sana. What is sana? Flash of lightning. So if you know somebody who's named sana, please call them sana and not sana. Because thana means praise. And what does sana mean? Sana, flash of lightning. That is almost blinding. I mean, it could be a positive thing also, but it's generally negative. So anyway, the sana of its barq, of its lightning, Allah says it would almost yadhabu bil absar. It would almost take away the vision. It would almost destroy the eyes of a person. Because if it's intensity, because of its suddenness, because of its brightness. So you understand, sana yasnu is flash, gleam, glare. Alright? It's the dawul barq. The brightness, the light of lightning. Okay? So the flash of lightning, it would almost take away the vision. Now what do we see in this ayah? Three things are mentioned. First of all, how clouds form. And then rain falls from them. Secondly, how hail also comes out from storm clouds. And thirdly, what is mentioned in this ayah is the lightning. Rain, hail, lightning. All are coming from where? From clouds, some small, some big, some that appear to be mountains, massive clouds in the sky. And these clouds, they appear to be so soft, hmm? and you feel like you could just touch them, but if you're in a plane, you just go through them. Right? Have you ever seen, you know, perhaps in a mountainous area, clouds that are, you know, basically around a mountain? You know, or you see fog approaching and people on the other mountain, they look at a cloud approaching you. Huh? So it's amazing how clouds are. But what comes from them when they come together? 
cloudlets, when they come together, pile up on each other, a huge mass, then they produce something. What do they produce? Lightning bolts, sound, water, ice, heat even, because lightning bolt, I mean it can cause fire. You see so many different things are coming out? From what? One mass of cloud. But notice one thing in this ayah. What does Allah say at the beginning? He drives the clouds and then He joins them together. Which means that if the clouds don't join together, if they do not come together, will you have the rain? Will you have the storm? Will you have the hail? Will you have the lightning? No. You won't have anything of that sort. And you see so many times, I mean in the past we've been hearing rainstorm, rainstorm. And then what happened? <laughs> no rain. No rain. Why? Because everything did not come together. Right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not decree it. So what do we see over here? That as people also, we can only produce something when we come together. When we come together. You see, rain, clouds, this whole science is very deep. It's very mathematical, you can say. Very mathematical. You know, the heat, the energy, the the vapor, the different things, they all have to be of the right amount at the right time for rain to fall. For clouds to form, for clouds to move, for rain to fall, for hail to form, for snow to fall. Isn't it amazing sometimes, I mean, water is coming down from the cloud, right? But sometimes in the form of droplets, sometimes it's in the form of ice rain, sometimes it's hail, sometimes it's snow. It's essentially water. But it came in different forms. Why? Why in different forms? Because difference in temperature, difference in you know atmosphere. Like I said, it's very mathematical. Right? So what we learn from this is that we as a people can only produce something when we come together. Everything must come together. And Everyone, their role is important. Just what we spoke about earlier today. That everyone must do their part if we want to take advantage of the time that we're spending over here. You know, for example, if you come to the class and you listen to the whole lecture and you go home and you don't even open your juice, have you received the maximum advantage of this? You haven't. Right? Likewise, if you... Come to group and then you're lost in group. The group activity is not being conducted properly. Then what will happen? Again, is it going to benefit you? No. You didn't take a hundred percent out from it. From the effort that you put in. So what is necessary? That each cloudlet performs its role properly. Each individual must do their job properly. Even if one backs out, We're affecting the whole cloud. If one doesn't do their job properly, it's going to affect the whole cloud. You know, this is why many ulama, what they would do is that when they would be teaching, they would make an announcement at the beginning. If there is anybody who has got the ties of relationships, please leave. If there is anybody who's consuming interest, please leave. If there's anybody who's doing this and this, please leave. Because we don't want... Such people in our company, because of whom we will be prevented from barakah. We will be prevented from God's mercy. We don't want that. So you understand what's happening here? Each individual plays an important role. 
We all have to come together. Then we will produce something. Otherwise, what do you see in the sky? I mean, many drought-stricken regions, you see clouds emerging, clouds disappearing. But no rain. Why? Everything didn't come together. So we need to learn from this. يُقَلِّبُ اللَّهُ Allah alternates. He turns about. قَلَّبَ يُقَلِّبُ To turn about, to invert, overturn. No, make something inside out and then right side in. Turn about constantly. So Allah turns about al-layla, the night, wal-nahara, and the day. What does it mean by this? That He turns about the night and the day, that each is replaced with the other. The night is replaced with the day, and the day is replaced with the night. One comes, takes the place of the other. Constant turning about. And then it's not just one comes and takes the other's place. But even their duration, it changes. Right? I mean, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, the nights were so long. Right? You know, I remember days waiting for Fajr. Waiting for Fajr. And then now there are days when you're like, you know, rushing to keep up with Fajr. Right? So, you see how it changed? يُقَلِّبُ اللَّهُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارُ Allah keeps changing the night and the day. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبْرَةً Indeed, and that is surely a lesson. لِأُولِ الْأَبْصَارِ For those who have vision, for those who see. Because those who see, what can they see? The coming of the day, the going of the day. Coming of the night, going of the night. They see these changes. And when there is daytime, they see things in that light. Those who have vision, they realize the necessity of light, their need of light, their dependency on light. They see it. Likewise, we need Allah's guidance too. We need Allah's guidance too. And also if you think about it, the night and day, and the storm clouds and everything that's been mentioned over here, such amazing, great phenomenon, aren't they? I mean, when you start studying it, it's just massive science. Massive. I mean, this morning I spent hours looking for this one. In fact, I couldn't even find it. My husband finally found it. You know, just something to show you that would kind of summarize, you know, what these ayahs are talking about so that we have some idea. There's so much. So much out there. And still, how much have we learned about this creation? We've only, a little deep, we've only discovered the surface. That's it. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبْرَةً لِأُولِي الْأَبْصَارِ I mean, all these things are mind-boggling. And we still haven't figured out everything. So if the creation is so great, then how great is the Creator? How great is the Creator? If the science behind night and day, rain and hail is so amazing, then how amazing is the one who made it? How amazing is the one who put it together? Wallahu and Allah Khalaqa He has created Kulladabbatin every creature Mimma'in from water. Every creature Allah has made it with water. Every single creature. Mimma. What does it mean by this? That the origin of every creature is water. I mean if you think about mammals, for example, right? Or even generally creatures that reproduce, what is needed? What is needed? Sperm and egg. And what is that essentially? Liquid. So the origin is liquid. خَلَقَ كُلَّ دَابَةٍ مِمَّا 
And remember, Dabba is a moving creature, crawling creature. Right? So human beings, insects, birds, fish, whatever it may be. Every creature. And also if you think about it, every creature, a major percentage of its body is what? Liquid. It's water. Right? And also if you think about it, Dabba, every creature that moves, what does it have? It's made up of cells. Right? And every cell... Does it have a certain percentage of liquid, water in it? Does, right? Sure? Confident about that? Okay. So, وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَ كُلَّ دَابَةٍ مِمَّا In the Qur'an, Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَيٍّ We have made with water everything alive. Meaning, if Allah did not give us water, we wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't be alive. You know, it's amazing. The fetus in the womb of the mother, what is it in basically? Liquid. It's swimming. Right? And then when a child is born, then have you ever seen a baby with like wrinkled skin or like puffy skin? I mean, when it's just been born? Have you ever seen babies at that time? You're like, I thought babies were cute. What happened here? But then what happens after a day or two? All the swelling, it kind of goes down and the baby then, yeah, then the baby looks cute. Right? So why is it that right when the baby is born, it doesn't look that cute? Because so much water, so much liquid, right? Fluid that it was floating in. And then what happens? As people grow older, they take in so much water. I mean, for the first few months, a baby's diet is what? It's liquid. Liquid diet. It's taking in liquid. And then as we grow older, we need water. We eat meat, we eat vegetables, whatever we eat, it has a certain percentage of water in it. So, وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَ كُلَّ دَابَةٍ مِمَّا One origin. But then what? فَمِنْهُمْ So among them, meaning among the different creatures. Mayamshi is the one who walks عَلَى بَطْنِ On its button. What its button? Belly, stomach. So there are some creatures that walk on their stomachs, that move while their bellies are touching the floor. They're basically moving forward, how? With their bellies touching the floor. They don't have feet. Like what? What kind of creatures? Snakes. Do snakes have feet? Whenever I look at a snake or I think of a snake, I'm amazed. How does it move? How? You know, because if you lie down like that on the floor and you try to move... You know, without moving your arms or your feet, you can't move. You can't do that. How does it move? And then you see these penguins, right? They're like gliding over the ice on their bellies. As if they are tubing. You sit in a tube or something in a circle kind of thing and you go back and forth on ice. Tubing, right? So it's amazing how you see penguins doing that. And then not just snakes, penguins, but so many other creatures also. Snails, seals. I mean, what feet do seals have? How do they move beyond me? Walruses, how do they... I mean, huge. I mean, so much flesh, hardly any bone. And still they're moving? How? فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَمْشِي عَلَى بَطْنِهِ وَمِنْهُمْ And among them is man who يَمْشِي عَلَى رِجْلَيْنِ Is the one who walks on just two feet. Only two feet. And that's also amazing. I mean, if you look at a human being, for example, we have only two feet. Right? 
I mean, generally, you would need support from all four sides for something to stand. But human, we walk on two feet. Look at birds. They have two feet to walk on. Right? And there are other creatures also. Penguins, ostriches, right? Kangaroos also, right? Two feet only. Women whom and among them are mayamshi, those who walk ala arba on four. Four feet. And there are many examples of this. Right? The other day my daughter's looking at a fly and she's like, Look at that. She's looking at it from close. It was sitting on the floor. She's like, It has feet. <laughs> it's walking. She was amazed that a fly has feet. It walks. Because for a child, I mean, a fly only flies. But a fly can fly and a fly can also walk. It has feet. It's got legs. So, وَمِنْ هُمْ مَنْ يَمْشِي عَلَىٰ And there are other creatures that have more than four legs. Allah says, يَخْلُقُ اللَّهُ مَا Allah creates whatever He wills. Some have more legs, some have less. An adult centipede can have between 15 and 177 pairs of legs. Pairs of legs. How many? Between 15 and 177. I didn't make this up, okay? I got it you know, from a reliable website. So, يَخْلُقُ اللَّهُ مَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed, Allah is over everything capable. And these are just creatures that we see that are walking on the earth. Yamshi. This is just mashi. Earlier we learned about flying, the flight of birds. And then there is also creatures that swim in the water. That move. I mean, how do fish move? How? I mean, when you go swimming, you have to move your feet, your arms, your hands, something you have to move. But what are fish doing? <laughs> it just moves so easily. How? Allah taught them. What's the message in this ayah? What's the message in this ayah? Allah who has created this entire creation. Look at the diversity. He is the Khaliq who has created such diverse creation. And each creation is beautiful. Each creation, every need of it is fulfilled. If Allah has given it two legs, it's because it needs two legs. If Allah has given it no legs, it's because it doesn't need legs. It can survive without legs. If Allah has given it more legs, it's because they need legs, right? Every creature, its needs are fulfilled. So what about our needs? Our spiritual needs? Would Allah not fulfill them? He would. And for that He has given His light. So embrace it and benefit yourself, help yourself. لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا Certainly we have revealed ayatim mubayyinat verses that are distinct, that are clear. Each is distinct from the other. The messages are clear, they're evident. The commands are clear. وَاللَّهُ يَهْدِي And Allah guides مَنْ يَشَاءُ Whomever He wills إِلَى صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمٍ to the path that is straight. The ayat are there. The light is there. The guidance is there. But everyone doesn't benefit from it. Who benefits from it? Those who Allah wants. And who is it that Allah wants to guide? The people who want to be guided. Allah shows them the way. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. 
أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالطَّيْرُ صَافَّاتٍ كُلٌّ قَدْ عَلِمَ صَلَاتَهُ وَتَسْبِيحَهُ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا يَفْعَلُونَ وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُزْجِي سَحَابًا ثُمَّ يُؤَلِّفُ بَيْنَهُ ثُمَّ يَجْعَلُهُ رُكَامًا ثُمَّ يَجْعَلُهُ رُكَامًا فَتَرَى الْوَدْقَ يَخْرُجُ مِنْ خِلَالِهِ وَيُنَزِّلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَيُنَزِّلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ جِبَالٍ فِيهَا مِنْ بَرَدٍ فَيُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ فَيُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَصْرِفُهُ عَمَّنْ يَشَاءُ يَكَادُ سَنَا بَرْقِهِ يَذْهَبُ بِالْأَبْصَارِ يُقَلِّبُ اللَّهُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبْرَةً لِأُولِي الْأَبْصَارِ وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَ كُلَّ دَابَّةٍ على بطنه ومنهم من يمشي على رجلين ومنهم من يمشي على أربع يخلق الله ما يشاء إن الله على كل شيء قدير لقد أنزلنا آيات مبينات والله يهدي من يشاء إلى صراط مستقيم. To understand why the U.S. coastline is so vulnerable to hurricane strike. You have to travel over 4,000 miles east to the place where hurricanes are born. Most hurricanes in the Atlantic begin as very small atmospheric disturbances in the jet stream that flows from east to west over sub-Saharan Africa. Scientists call this disturbance an easterly wave. What triggers the development of an easterly wave could be anything. It could be a little girl playing in the sand that trigger off a little dust devil, for example, that perturbs the atmosphere downstream in such a way that you get one of these waves. The easterly wave creates a system of turbulent eddies, which go on to develop into a cluster of thunderstorms. 
These travel west across the African continent and then encounter the warm tropical waters of the Atlantic. One begins to see on satellite pictures is these thunderstorms appear to become better organized and begin to rotate around each other. The rotation rate increases, the storms become more vigorous, and the winds continue to increase. The storm rapidly gathers strength and develops into a hurricane, feeding off the warm, moist air coming from the ocean. The heat is coming out of the ocean. The hurricane heat engine converts that heat energy into the mechanical energy of the winds. That's what's powering the storm. When the winds reach typically around 70 miles per hour, the storm may develop an eye, surrounded by an eye wall, which is a region of very intense heat and the strongest winds. And you're off and running. These are the hurricanes that make landfall in the U.S. every year, causing enormous damage. See where the cause was? Where was it? What started the hurricane? Where was it? Sub-Sahara. And then from there, it just gets bigger and bigger along the way until eventually there's a hurricane somewhere else in the world. But you see how gradually as it travels, it gets bigger and bigger? Right? And this is what the message that we need to learn. Coming together. Together. Only then we will produce something. Otherwise, we cannot produce something. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh